0: Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome to the live Q&A of yours. Truly, hope y'all are doing well. Hope y'all are having a great week. I look forward to serving y'all on this video. And if you watch watching for the very first time, my name is Joshua Ezzy, Also known as Coach Josh, and my goal is to help you to make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. And after watching this video, you're like, man, I like that guy's vibe. Go ahead and subscribe because I would love to be a coach here in line. But for those who's been rocking me for, for 14 years or 14 minutes that you've been a subscriber, I want to say thank you so much. Um, for trusting what God has entrusted to me, and I pray it continues to be treasure to you. But as everyone is coming in loud, let me know, let you guys know about some things. I also want to make sure I say hello to all those who are listening on all podcast streams. Thank you all so much for listening. We have a lot of people who tune in audibly, and so I just want to say thank you all so much for joining me on those streams. For those who's joining me now or watching later, I want to let you guys know about my latest book, Facts over feelings, how to go from feeling to fulfilling your purpose or fulfilling the roles in life. This book is a very essential book for all of us to process through because no matter how far we go in life, we will always feel feelings. And so this book right here would be a great resource. I also got the copy right here. It's a great uh, book. Um, it has journal entries in there for you to process, for you to vent, for you to look for the facts, all that good stuff, as well as for you to process your feelings. Your thoughts, how intense it is, all that good stuff. And so we have a ton of articles, also areas for you to write the pros and cons, and also to color in the type of red flags that you notice with a person or you notice about a relationship. Also, we have verses for all the top emotions that people go through. So we have scriptures for you to be able to process through the Word of God, whether it's joy, love, anger, sadness, gratefulness, guilt, shame, all that good stuff. And of course, a lot of good uh, information, write-ups in the book to help you process what it means to process your feelings and to get back to fulfilling. So that book's available there. Um, is everyone still coming? If you need one-on-one coach, let me know. Um, these last few weeks have been busy, but my goal is to get back busy with coaching. So for those who've already sent emails, be patient with me. I'm going to see wh- uh, how I can squeeze everybody in, all that good stuff. Also check out my book on wholeness, uh, purpose of singleness. If you struggle with your singleness, want to learn how to maximize it, dating, soul ties, and strongholds. All other books, as well as a book on discernment, all those books are available on my website, iamunplug.com, and the links are in the comments, or in the, com- the comment section, or dis- a description box. All the good stuff. But let me go ahead and uh, see who we got in the building. Lilo seven. She said, listen, I don't even got time to say, hey. She says, hi, Coach. But she said, all that preliminary stuff, all that hellos, I don't got time. Coach ain't been live in a while. So let me go ahead and get my questions. Belilo 27 says, hi, Coach. I ended dating a dating relationship last year as I found out he was talking to other girls. He has texts to catch up a year later. Is this a distraction or should I give him another chance? Well, I told another person the other day that sometimes people can have a change of heart. But they haven't had a change of habit. A lot of people may have change, change of heart, what I mean, but they uh, they understood a little bit more about your worth and it was like, man, she was an amazing girl or he was an amazing guy and their heart changed towards you. Now their heart wants to come back to you, but their habits haven't changed, right? And so what you have to process is you have to first, before you examine his text, you got to examine if you're still vexed, are you still upset, are you still bothered by him, are there still emotional wounds, are you even ready right now for you to even enter- entertain anyone, right? God is not going to bring the one when you're not the one you need to be to be steady enough, which will position you to be ready enough for a relationship. So if you found that he was talking to other girls, and yes, people can grow in a year, but in the meantime, before you even try to get him within your sphere, you got to process if it came from heaven or not, if it came from God so you in a relationship because he you caught him talking to other girls he has text to catch up a year later chances are uh, it's possibly a distraction but you cannot measure his approach until you uh, 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 measure you, where you are right now and if you feel like hey coach I'm not even ready for a relationship I'm still wounded by that situation ship I'm still at the harbor I'm not even ready to even board any kind of ship right now then let him sail off ship him off ship him away right? And don't make an avenue for him to come into your life. So it all boils down to number one, is this even God's man for you? Because when you waste your time, you waste your life. You have to work your time so that you can work your life so that you can have life and life more abundant through Christ, right? But if you get so consumed with the distraction, distractions are subtractions. Next thing you know, you end up with nothing from the deal again. And just because he has a change of heart, doesn't mean his habits have changed. So if I was you, you got to first ask God, is this someone that you have for me? Secondly, it Examine your life and see is it where it needs to be? And if it's not, this person is an obvious distraction. Good question. Natalie says, I am a single mom of two boys, and since I know a bit about your story coach, how do I teach them about respect? Great question. Let me read your question again. I am a single mom of two boys since I know a bit about your story coach. How do I teach them about respect? Well, respect must be measured from the originator or the original designer of respect. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. As a mother, you have to teach them about the importance of reverencing God and revering God and be able to help them process and understand God's omnipresence. Now, it also depends on what age they are. So please let me know in the comment, Natalie, what, how old are they, right? So it all depends. Uh, uh, but when it comes down to respect, you have to under- they have to understand everything based upon from where dignity stems from. They first must understand uh, um, that everyone is made in the image of God. That anytime you disrespect someone, you're disrespecting them. You can also give them an example of, you know, if someone is at the school and they hit your brother... Even though your brother is not attached to you physically, that's your brother. And you will be highly upset if someone disrespects your brother. Because that brother bears to a degree an image of, of, of the brother and an image of your mother. And so when you teach them that, then they will understand that anytime you disrespect anyone, right, then, then, then you're setting yourself up um, to be, to, 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 to how can I put this, uh, uh, um, you're just disrespecting God's creation. So let me see. I think I got a new comment. Let me see if you told me the ages. Toddlers, but there's so minimal male figures in their life. I want to start from day one. Great question. Oh well, thank you for that. So what I would do is start uh, as they get older. You know, correct them. Um, spoil, spare the rod, spoil the child. Correct them and let them know. Um, not just you know correct them in that manner, but correct them intellectually right not we don't want to just co- uh, correct young boys physically without first helping helping them understand intellectually why they shouldn't do x y or z right and as they get older uh, uh, they will begin to glean and understand what respect is but in order to teach them they're only going to see what they see you do Right, Even though there's no man in the home, they're going to see what their mom is doing, right? And so you got to make sure that you walk in respect. And the best way for them to walk in respect towards others is if you walk in respect towards them. And treating them like little humans. little Like, I don't mean get me wrong. Like they go out the way or whatever. You got to correct them. But to show respect and also let them see you respect others. That's what my mom did. Anytime a woman, it don't matter how old I was. If the, eight, the, the time I was old enough to hold a door. My mom made me hold doors my mom taught me early on yes ma'am no sir to this day I'm calling people around my age yes sir and 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 no ma'am right that's engraved in me since I was a toddler as a young man and so it's it's actions as well as uh, helping them become more aware of what it is but if they're toddlers and babies um just just correct them when you begin to see them disrespect get it early so that you won't have to worry about it later hope to help Jojo Davis says what up coach Josh is Jojo out of Fort Worth what's up fam how to focus on my purpose and my calling with God instead of money well the Bible talks about that you can't serve God or money Uh, and what that means is you cannot uh, you cannot serve or live life as one or the other or both together as your ultimate source money fluctuates Money changes every day, right? But God never changes. No matter what happens with the economy, I know for a fact that I'm connected to heaven's economy. That he can use anyone to ensure that I'm well and stable, right? And so, what you do is you have to understand who gave you the purpose and who gave you the calling. Because if God gave you the calling, then you have to depend on Him for Him to be able to call in the provisions for His vision. If you look at the word provision, there's two words: pro and then vision. Whoever is the uh, whoever uh, uh, whoever's vision it is is responsible for providing for that vision. So, if it's your vision you're going to feel the weight of providing for that vision. But when you begin to look at that vision that as a vision sent by God, then when you are in a place where you can no longer fund but you have been proven a good steward, you can all the thing you can do is stand and see the salvation of God to be able to support his vision, right. So how do you focus on your purpose and calling, knowing who called you and knowing who gave you purpose and then build that partnership with him and being led by him and being purposeful every day. In order for us to capitalize on purpose, capital P, we got to be purposeful daily. And that's uh, what is God's purpose for me as a man? What is God's will for me as a in interaction with the opposite sex. What is God's will for me with my money? What's God's will for me with my time? What's God's will for me with my mind? And the more you begin to practice those different things, the more sensitive you'll become in sensing the will of God and understanding um, that uh, there are certain limits where you can only do but so much. That's why if it's a vision or a purpose that you feel like you can manage without without God then it's not a vision from God. What I do on a day-to-day basis, I can't do in my own effort. I can't provide for it in my own effort. God is God's dream for me is so huge that I have to be dependent on Him for Him to see it through. So, how to focus on my, your purpose and calling? Number one, you got a fellowship with God. You got a fellowship with Him daily. Fundamentally, and get become fundamentally sound, and your fellowship, you just can't just be going with the kicks and giggles, right? You just can't be going with the oh, I read my devotion. No, we gotta turn fellowship into fundamentals. That as I fellowship with God I'm also learning the proper fundamentals when it comes to um, the dealings and purpose etc next you got to practice being obedient how can we uh, set ourselves up to be obedient to God's uh, uh rhema word if we're not obedient to God's written word because if we don't fellowship and and, and, and uh, welcome um, certain fundamentals in life we're gonna lose focus also if we're not obedient and understand the opposition then we're gonna lose our vision so you gotta make sure that you close all open doors to the the devil to ensure that he don't come in with the shovel burying you in the process next you got to ask yourself am, do i have the character of god see the one thing i tell kids and i tell people all the time that we are our greatest project our goal is to make sure that we every day uh, um, develop the character of god and when we begin to develop his character we'll begin to see the difference between counterfeits and counterparts next thing you got to do you got to begin to understand you a little bit better so you got to understand hey am i where i need to be If you know there's still stuff underneath you that shouldn't be underneath you that's keeping you from from uh, undergoing uh, and uh, certain things and being such, you got to get rid of it. And last but not least, you got to learn how to stay steady emotionally, steady. Mentally, Because what you don't want to happen is to allow the noise to keep you from being poised. I just spell focus. Number one, in order to maintain your focus on your purpose and not really get focused on money, fellowship with God. Because the more you understand fellowship with Him, you'll understand how He funds things. Also, in your fellowship, you got to develop the fundamentals, spiritual disciplines to help you stay focused and not be uh, swayed by greed. you got to also close all open doors to demonic influences in, in your mind, and your, through your ears, and through your eyes, trying to keep you off the line. You got to also see, okay, do I match God in character and aggressively pursue that transformation through the renewing of your mind? Then you got to get rid of the stuff that's underneath the surface of your heart that's keeping you from playing the part that God wants you to play, and last but not least, you got to stay steady in Him emotionally and mentally so that you don't find yourself all over the place when 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 things start shaking itself in this world. Hope to help Christina says. I've been trying to wake up early in the morning before starting my day to build a consistent prayer life. But I have been struggling to keep that consistent. Any tips? Great question. Let's read it again. I've been trying to wake up early in the morning before starting my day to build a consistent prayer life. But I have been struggling to keep that consistent. Any tips? Well, discipline is something that... It's difficult to do, especially when our counterproductive disciplines are raging. What I mean, there are proper, there are correct disciplines, and there are counterproductive disciplines. Everyone's disciplined, contrary to probably belief. Some of us are just disciplined in the wrong things, right? So in discipline, we have to learn how to train our whole being to get it in alignment with the thing that's going to help us better fulfill our assignments, right? And you do that by, first, not being... Uh, Ungracious to yourself, knowing that as you start anything that may be a little difficult, there's going to be some failures and God understands that. Right. So my tip for you is number one, take your time. Take your time in developing uh, um, this prayer life. It's a journey. Take your time. Uh, uh, Number two, be inquisitive. Like the more you're inquisitive and you endeavor to inquire, you'll make more time to spend time with God right you got to be inquisitive uh, and, and 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 think about the individual that you need to be there we go that's my eye think about the individual you need to be who do I need to be to sustain what I desire to have All right so who do I need to be because when you have a clear goal about what you have for your soul, then you'll make time to behold the glory of God in prayer right. Number three, you got to understand that prayer is multifaceted. You got to understand that prayer is multifaceted. Prayer is not just, uh, um, it shouldn't be uh, um, confined into just the morning. Like, most of my prayers in the morning are very short and sweet, right? But I talk to God all day. You ever been in a relationship or you might be possibly married or whatever, mom, you could be a family member, and you are on the phone for four hours, but you were cleaning at the same time. Your mom was at the grocery store at one time. Your boyfriend was there. Your girlfriend was wherever and and, and y'all were on the phone but y'all were still productive and doing other things. That's the same thing with God. As I'm at work, there are certain pockets where I just talk to God. Hey, God is there anything I need to do? Or, hey, God, that's funny, man. But I talk to him like he pee, a person. He's a person. And just like you talk to your mom at the store or you talk to your dad at the wherever you are or you talk to your man and he's over there <coughs> cleaning and you're over here doing something else, that's the same type of conversation you can have with God. Prayer doesn't mean that you have to be um, perfect with it. You just have to be purposeful with it and understand the purpose in it, right? And then you gotta also understand that you gotta develop a, a strategy. You gotta have a strategy, and what I mean by that is another word for "s" is to make sure that that your relationship with God doesn't surround your life, but that your life surrounds relationship with God. And what I mean by that is it's gonna take some time to get to the sweet spot. That's the "s." The sweet spot is, is where everything is organized around your relationship with God, and and is fed from the relationship with God. So typically. What, what helps me is understanding that, hey, if I got to go to bed early, if you got to go to bed early to spend time with God early, you got to do what you got to do. So you got to uh, strategically set your life in such a way that as you go to bed, you say, hey, man, if I want to get up at 430 and I want to go deeper, like you want to play worship music, like you want to really get in there. <clears throat> and intercession and 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 just uh, 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 and, uh, um, helping your spiritual digestion, right? Then that's great. So that means, hey, if I want to get up at five, I need to be winding down by seven thirty, and putting myself in bed early, <clears throat> so that I can wake up early to spend time with God. So number one, take your time. Don't rush the process, or you're gonna be upset with yourself, and be gracious with yourself. I, what individual do you see yourself becoming? Because when you have this picture Of yourself as a spiritual giant Then you will grind spiritually And you will understand p The purpose of prayer And know that God is a person And that you can talk to God Anytime throughout the day And you don't have to worry about Trying to confine this Two hour long prayer session When you can spend four hours Just talking with God Maybe in a car ride Maybe in a car ride back home And you have to be realistic with yourself If mornings are just difficult for you God's not sitting there saying, you have to spend time with me in the morning. Now, what you can do every morning is to say these simple prayers of thanksgiving. Just say, God, I just thank you for giving me another day. Thank you, God. And just start naming 10 things that you're thankful for. That's a prayer. And then as you go about your day, maybe you're ride to work. You don't listen to music. And you just talk to God about an event and you process. Right? And so then you will begin to develop a consistent uh, uh, prayer life off of those tips. Hope to help. Angel M says, hello coach, how are you? I'm doing well Hope you're well too, thank you for asking God bless, thank you coach, you're welcome Lilo uh, Amen, yes you're so welcome Joshua says, thank you coach Can I miss out on blessing? Okay, Harriet says <clears throat> Harriet says, thank you coach Can I miss out on blessings If I turn down an offer from a guy He is a friend, but I only see him as a friend Listen, what is meant for you Will want to be cemented to you and and the thing about it is, if your heart desires to know the will of God, if your heart desires to be in the will of God, no matter what what no matter what you've turned down, it can be turned around. See, it doesn't matter what has been turned down because God is not surprised by what you put down. And if you turn down a God thing, God knows how to turn around that God thing, right? And so God is gracious and kind. He understands uh, uh, the state of our mind, or whether or not we were blind, or whether we uh uh or fine spiritually, etc. Right. So don't worry about missing out. What causes us to uh uh um you know get so caught up in these things is because we think that we can mess up God's plan. Do you not do you not know that your mess has already been incorporated into God's plan for your life, that God's foreknowledge is so far down the tunnel of eternity, to the point where eternity has no end, but his foreknowledge is so deep down within, he chose you with your future mistakes in mind I give this knowledge all the time, that one day when I teach my son or daughter how to ride a bike, when they ride that bike, I already know in the back of my mind they're going to fall a couple of times I'm not going to yell at them with a false surprise because they fail no, I already knew that in the process of writing they're going to fall and so God already chose you with your mess in mind because he's going to use your mess as a message do you know how many times <clears throat> that if you was if you was a flower on the wall watching me and my wife's relationship you would think that that thing would have ended many multiple times but God in his sovereignty kept that thing aligned so what? So don't worry about missing a guy, missing a blessing. Don't get me wrong. Now you can mess up due to procrastination. I'm not talking about him, but I'm talking. About, oh, I want to make sure I balance this out, so that people won't be lazy and thinking they could just, uh, uh, just, just think that things are just gonna happen for them. You can mess up and miss opportunities. Like when I was over there in college. And, and I had an opportunity to play for Oral Roberts' basketball team. And the Holy Spirit told me two or three weeks before basketball practice, tryouts or whatever. He was like, don't play flag football. But I played flag football anyway. And I was over there listening to little John the Eastside boys. I was listening to Ludacris. And I was just all in the mix of all that that that, that, that uh, playlist, right? And then I went out there and played away and dislocated his finger. To this day, I cannot bend this finger. I dislocated so bad I had to have surgery. And through that surgery, what did I miss out on? playing for RU's basketball team. So what I'm saying is you can miss out, but if your heart desires to be in God's will and you turn them down, he can be turned around. Now, second part of the question. He is a friend, but I only see him as a friend. Listen, are you attracted to him? Are you attracted to him? Harry also says, uh, if if he's the guy for me, will God put love in my heart for him? Listen, if, if, if love has to be put in that means that he was never yours from the within, right? So what I mean by that is if you're just not attracted to him and you really want to see him as a friend, but you're getting, you're getting heavy hearted in your singleness and now you're like, well, who's around? And whoever's around can put half a pound of a rock on my finger so I can be out of the pool of single individuals, then you got to check your heart on that. Because if you don't got love for him, like when I saw my wife, you couldn't tell me that I wasn't attracted to her. Right, so if you gotta force attraction, you're gonna end up. Be, uh, you're gonna end up finding yourself uh, 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 just really messed up in your marriage, bro. Like, man, you gotta be attracted to that person. You gotta be able to see yourself with that person. You gotta wake up to that person every day. It's not all about physical attraction, but it is the physical attraction that then brings us to see if there's any type of spiritual attraction. Because I don't see your spirit first. I didn't see my wife's spirit first. I saw her physical first And her physical was beauty to my eye Then as I passed the physical attraction <clears throat> After I passed the physical attraction Then I started seeing the spiritual attraction right? And then when I saw the spiritual attraction Then there was the emotional and mental attraction So what I'm saying is If you don't see it in the physical Then you're going to end up miserable If you try to force it to happen Hope to help Jed says, what does a man who lacks purpose distracts himself with pleasure? Can you elaborate on that and why is that man's default setting when they don't have purpose? Great question. Well, every man on the planet is fallen. We have a fallen nature. We are more prone to sin than to win. We are more prone to sin. Even if we win with sin, we still lose, right? Purpose can only come from perspective. Perspective can only come when we understand ourselves as a person And our our personality and our personhood cannot be understood until we know uh, the person of God The more we get to know God, the more we have the right heart towards our purpose That's a lot of people who know their purpose, know what they're called to do They've been guided in and through it But without God, they ruin it, right? There are people whose purpose seemingly was in athletics, seemingly was in acting, seemingly was in business, seemingly their purpose and their functioning at it. But their heart and mind towards their purpose has become their God, right? So purpose, true purpose, true understanding of one's purpose must come from God, it must come from fellowship of God because it's only through the fellowship of God do we develop the fruitful characteristics of God that's able to permeate in, in, uh, uh, immaterially into the material world in the forms of true love, true joy, true peace. The fruits of the Spirit. The world is looking for those type of trees. The world is looking for trees that are bearing those kind of fruits. And you only bear those type of fruits through fellowship with God. Because then when you walk in purpose, you're walking more in love. Then people, when they see you in your purpose and you're content with God, they're curious about it. Or when everyone is problematic and in pain, but you're at peace, that's attractive. You know what's more attractive than money? The the fruit of the Spirit. Because let me tell you something, it don't matter what goes in the world, your boss is not going to fire you if you're a person of peace and you're a productive, peaceful person. They're not going to let you go. If you're a productive person who is joyful, loving, peaceful, and you excellent and efficient in your work, you ain't going to be let go anywhere because those intangible traits are the actual glue of any place. The reason why people don't want me, like my old school didn't want me to leave, and I'm sure people don't want to leave, want me to leave the school I'm at now, is because there is an intangible substance about myself that that is overflowing from my fellowship with God that that glues and keeps things intact, right? So, what does a man who lacks purpose distract himself with pleasure? Is because pleasure is is what the flesh wants. Purpose is what the spirit wants. The purpose that a, a person's a heart that's in, in alignment with the purpose of God, they, 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 there's a greater pull. Like the Bible says, no soldier entangles himself in civilian affairs for his or her joy is to please the one that enlisted him. A person of purpose wants to be pleasing versus being pleased. A person of purpose desires to please more so than to be pleased. Therefore, they don't look for pleasure. They look for purpose. They look to empty themselves because they know time is short. And we're nothing, and our lives are nothing but a vapor. Here, they ain't going tomorrow. So a person of purpose wants to be a pleasure to God, wants to be pleasing to God because that's our Father. And in us being pleasing to God, we'll be a pleasure to be around because we got love, joy, peace, <clears throat> patience, gentleness, faithfulness, um, self-control. So Men in a default setting want pleasure because they want to be pleased. The flesh wants to feed, so it wants to be pleased. But a person, a man of purpose, says, you know what? So for me... I know my purpose as a husband. I know my purpose around other women. I know my purpose around kids. I know my purpose in ministry. I know my purpose is because I desire to please God. And in me pleasing God, nobody has to worry about feeling uncomfortable around me because the pleasure that I give, it's a pleasantness about me that makes people understand this guy is genuine. And that has to be the new default setting because our true default setting is a hidden setting that can only be revealed when the spirit of God awakens the spirit man. So, you know, there are certain settings that if you type in three or four codes, three or four letters, the settings pop up like hidden codes, hidden settings, but most people don't even know that those settings are there, right? That's what happens when we are illuminated by the Holy Spirit. There are certain hidden settings inside of us that we begin to see, oh, these are the default settings. Now we can slide those sliders over to our true default setting that was evident in the Garden of Eden. But when, when Adam and Eve did what they did, those things was blackened. And now they were in there. Their flesh settings were set, causing things to be disrupted. So I hope that helped. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that's right. God wouldn't force you to be with anyone who don't want to, who don't want to be, and he gives you desire. That's right. Simple as that. I love the Lord. Media says, hey, coach, the girl I'm interested in just recently got out of a long-term relationship a few years with her boyfriend. They were on and off, but they're good. They're done for good. How soon can I pursue? Well, let me be very practical and be very real with you, my brother. Um, just because you think that they're they're uh, done for good now doesn't mean they're done for good. If they have made it a habit to be on and off and on and off and on and off, then chances are we don't know when that switch is going to be turned back to on. Right, so if she's gotten out of a long-term relationship, you have to be a person uh, that that honors the time commitment that she was involved in, and realize that she is in she's in a season of vulnerability. She's in a season of hurt. She's in a season maybe of potential confusion. She's in a season of of healing, and you can't make no dealings when someone is in healing. It's not wise to try to make a new deal if someone hasn't completely healed. Because if you try to make a deal with someone who's completely healed, the deal will be short term because would, you would just now be someone to help her get over the other person. And if she's truly not in love with you, then she's going to end up leaving you, right? And so if you're interested, first off, you got to make sure that your interest in her is not your ultimate interest. Your interest must be in God, Interest, then secondly, in yourself, and the interest in developing your purpose. While you may, you can still have interest in her, but she cannot be creeping up to the top that she's distracting you from being interested and invested in what your life is right now. You also say, is it okay for us to be friends, even though I'm clearly interested? Don't be friends until you know that you can uh, go further than that because what you will do is... She'll be looking for a friend, but in the back of your mind, you're trying to do something else, right? So at the end of the day, this is going to be a faith walk for you, a faith test for you. Because if this is God's best for you, then you got to let her enter into a place of rest. Because if you become in the picture and she's not completely healed, then then it's going to affect the relationship, right? So I would right now just say, you know what, especially if you don't know if she's interested in you. What I would do is I would I would keep my, keep my space. <clears throat> Keep my space. Still be a good friend. But but don't get so caught up in, that's my motive. Then to the point to where she, but so all you, you will do all that just to get me, right? But if you want to be a friend, truly be a friend and be a friend with boundaries, right? And then, because what I don't want to happen is that you build this interest and your emotions get elated and you get overly excited. And then when you do pursue and she's like, man, I just had you in a friend zone. So you have to know what zone you in. If she got you in a friend zone, there's no hope, my brother. So, hey, coach, the girl I'm interested in just recently got a... And, and long-term relationship means there may be a long-term for her to be healed. Because we don't know what all happened in the relationship. And we don't even know if they're going to be back on again. right? Because right now, she she has more feelings for him than she does for you. Even if she thinks she doesn't, she does. Um, So, how soon can you pursue? You pursue when God tells you. That's the best advice I can give you. Keep interest, keep your investment in God and yourself and your personal development and your purpose. And then if that's your person, God will then tell you to go after it. But if not, man, just be a friend uh, and and don't be manipulative with with your friendship, if that makes sense. MJ says, if you miss church on Sundays because of your job, is that a bad thing? Well, um, the Bible says don't forsake the assemblies of yourself because there's something about a corporate. There's a corporate anointing that happens when believers come together and when believers come together there is there's encouragement there's hope there's synergy there's a lot of things that happens when people come together. You see that basketball games. Anytime you see people come together and they're all on one accord to a degree, there's some type of energy that as play, as as fans come into the stadium and they get excited, it can build momentum into the players to help them play well. Right. That's why some teams said we hate to go play in the Garden Arena uh, in regards to Boston. Because when we go to Boston, their fans are like they are. Or when we go to Golden State, their fans are whatever, and these teams Teams feed off of them, right? They're the sixth man on the court because their energy builds synergy on the court, helping there to be success, right? The same thing is with the body. Like, like You don't want to miss church for too long, right? Because when you miss church too long, you miss out on that synergy. Watching a game from TV is different than watching a game in person. You can still see the game and it still be great, but when you're in the mix, it's a different feeling. Like, I, I would prefer to go to a game than to watch a game, depending on my introvertedness meter. Like, if my introverted meter is low, then I'd rather watch it on TV, but you see what I'm saying? So it's it's not a heaven or hell thing, it's a it's a spiritual habit thing. And but at the same time, see when your church is available, open another time. Do they have a Sunday night service that you can attend? Do they have a Wednesday night service that you can attend? Uh, and 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 you can kind of find your balance until God opens the door for there to be a new job, right? And so, but don't beat yourself because you miss church. Watch it online. Do what you can at home. But don't forsake the assembly because you never know when you need to be assembled in even of yourself. And you need the assembly to help assemble you. Hold down. TJ Dream says, what's up, coach? Why has uh, God kept me single for 22 years? I've never had a girlfriend. Well, there could be a couple of reasons, a few reasons. Most of the time, we feel that God is keeping us out of something when it's actually us keeping us out of something. Before we Before we look to God, we gotta look at ourselves. We gotta say, okay, am I presentable? Am 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 I am I even uh, prepared for a a woman? Uh, Are my interactions with women awkward? Um, um, Am am I um, able as a man To make a woman stable In a relationship There's a lot of things You got to ask yourself Am, am I uh, um, um, uh, Taking care of myself So there's a lot of different reasons Why we're single Now the, the, Anytime someone Hear my heart for Anytime someone says Why has God Then then The question Then being Builds up in my brain Why Have you asked yourself The same question Let's say if your name is Rod Instead of say, Why has God You should say Why has Rod why, why has God versus I say why is God Because God can keep you single But God could be possibly keeping you single Because you're not ready to mingle You're not ready to step out there That you're going to be more problematic Than purposeful to relationship Now in the meantime Don't even worry about why you've been kept single Because I've had those same frustrations But when God said Josh look at the mirror And I put the mirror to my face I was like yo I'm not ready for that race so the more, you, the more you turn and look at and turn your face into the mirror, which is the word of God, right? the more you begin to say, okay, this is like a mirror. I'm going to look into this book to see, is there anything wrong in me? And then in the meantime, I'm going to allow this word and my spiritual disciplines and for what I know to help my mind to be renewed so that I can be transformed into the image of God, which would then make me a little bit more attractive to the woman that God has for me. So don't say why has God say why have me why have why have what have I done to keep me single, all right? And so don't worry about never having a girlfriend. Like, listen, um, God has a different path of preparation for each of us. You can go all your life without a girlfriend and know exactly how to be the right man to a girl, and you know what I mean. But don't get me wrong. Uh, 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 the thing about God, He'll teach you. Like, like you don't need practice. For purpose, and what I mean by that, for your person. Like, you don't need to be, I got to go practice with 15 different women just to find out if I can be a good man to my woman. Like, the more you stay in fellowship with God, the more you become familiar with your purpose, and the more you become familiar with the things that are that are positioned and, and evident or should be evident in a man's life. And the next thing you know, you'll have that stuff in your life, in your system, and you'll be able to, to treat that woman amazingly. Hope they help. Oh, we only got two more. That's it. Thank y'all for entrusting me with y'all's question. Trusting me with y'all's question. I didn't realize. You welcome, TJ. Bro, I always look in the mirror first before I look at God, I look in the mirror. Is there anything that's inferior in me? Is there anything that 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 shouldn't be superior in me? All right? I got to look in the mirror and look at me and say, what do I need to change to put myself in position for an exchange? You see what I'm saying? And, and so I hope to help. Jesus says, I receive a prophecy from someone that it is your season of love. If you were in my position, how would you approach God on your next steps on what to do and what should be your mindset and moving after uh, or how can we be wise like you, brother? Oh, okay. So same question. Okay. <clears throat> Let's read your question again. <clears throat> I received a prophecy from someone that it is your season of love. If you were in my position, how would you approach God on your next steps on what to do and what would be your mindset moving moving after it? Great question. Well, prophecy was designed to confirm what God has already made clear to you. Right? And you also have to understand that some people's prophecy... Is generic. A lot of these prophets are scammers, right? So you have to examine the prophet. It it was that prophet self-seeking. Did that prophet seem slimy? Did that prophet say this in front of everybody? Um, Did this prophet uh, 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 seem manipulative? Did his prophet have more exp- his clothes or her clothes were more expensive than anyone else's thing? Did they care about how they look? Were they were they were they self-seeking or self-centered? If they're self-seeking or self-centered, they have any habits of that, right? Then I wouldn't trust their prophecy, because that prophecy sounds very generic. It is your season of love. I mean, it was just February last month. So that if that prophet told you that in February, I wouldn't be surprised they was utilizing the, the, the pressures of Valentine's Day to give a generic prophecy to make you feel like you're in a season of love, to get you distracted. See, prophecies cannot be a distraction from the ultimate prophet. It cannot be a distraction. Some people's prophecies are, 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 are prophecies. Prophecies. Their, their prophecies are prophet seeds, meaning they're trying to profit off a of seed prophecy in your heart to garner control or to garner change from your soul or from your pocketbook, right? So some of these prophecies are prophet seeds to try to have control over you for seasons, right? And so you have to see, examine the prophecy of their prophet of God. The Bible says, um, "My beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test every spirit to see if they are from God. For there are many false prophets in the world So that sounds to me As an OG in this thing That sounds like a very generic prophecy And the fact that you said You had to go and approach God About it seems like that this is the first time You heard about it But if God did not first tell you weeks ago, days ago, before you met that prophet, that, hey, hey son, I'm moving you into a season of a relationship of love, and then this prophet came around and then prophesied it, all the prophets that I saw talked to people privately, more so than publicly. When you think about um, the prophets in the Bible, and when they was public, they were chastising folks. So if you were in my position, how would you approach God? I, what I would do is i put on the shelf and let God confirm it. And what I mean by that is you're always in a season of love. Th- that sounds so generic. Are you in a season of love? Uh, um, season of love can mean loving on yourself, loving on God, love as far, far as relationship. So what I would do is keep walking in love towards people. Say, so, you know, I'm in a season of love and I'm going to walk in love uh, with God. I'm going walk in love with myself. I'm going to walk in love with others. But when it comes to your love life, you got to give that to the one that loves your life more than anyone so that you can become familiar for who the love of your life is. So your mindset cannot allow this prophecy to become a distraction, thinking that this is of God. And it, you, you know when a pro, you, God will prep you for the prophecy. God will never prophesy to a person's heart that is not prepared to handle it. Because if you get a prophecy that you're supposed to be the season of love, and that prophecy mindset turns into idolatry, then all of a sudden, why would God in his foreknowledge prophesy to you when he knows good and well that it's not going to be beneficial to you? So your mindset should be, all right, cool. I'm going to put it on the shelf and I'm going to see how I'm going to see how God confirms this. God has God will confirm that thing multiple times to let you know if you're in the season of love. But if you feel like after you got that that you became so enamored by that prophecy to the to the point where it's become a distraction, then I will subtract that prophecy out of your mind because it, it sounds very generic to me, and I won't dive deep into it until you get a a not a ton but a good handful of confirmations from God. And it is what it is now. What you can do is prepare for that season for love. In the meantime, prepare for that season of love. As a man, you say, okay, no matter what, I, this may be the preseason. <laughs> See, right now, before the season of love comes, ma- maximize your off season and be prepared for the preseason. The off season is when you're a single man. Off season when you're getting yourself prepared, man. Off season is where you begin to see how can I be handsome? Do I have anything? Do I have something to hand her? That's what makes a man handsome. What can I hand her? Do I have something to hand her? That's what truly makes a man handsome. Do I have something to hand her? Do I have a a valuable last name to hand her? Do I have a a valuable uh, financial uh, understanding of money to hand her? What are those somethings that you can hand over? That is what will increase your handsomeness. Right? If you have nothing to hand over, to, you lose your answers because women are not attracted to us as we are attracted to them. We think that if we get in the gym, and don't get me wrong, people women want a fit man and want a man that can, can handle and carry things, but they're attracted to what you can hand over. What how's the value well how valuable is your last name? Some of us young men, we focus so much on our nicknames than we do our last names. And our nicknames have more value in the streets, have more value in the sheets than our last name can have uh, in life with a woman. So you got to say, is my last name valuable? When I hand her my my last name, does my last name have some value? Does my financial understanding have some value? Does my work ethic have some value? right so in the meantime in your off season my friend i will focus on the some things that those some other things that you can hand over to a woman that she will find great then when a the preseason comes when you're able to date her and court her all that kind of stuff that is an enjoyable experience that you that you respect her pace you expect you respect um 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 the, the 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 feelings that she may have as she gets to know you and then you can be in your season of love so if you're not in your season of love right now, as you in the off season, make sure you allow the love of God come inside of you and then grow in love with yourself and then love your purpose. Be in love with it and then all of a sudden you'll find the love of your life. Because I'm going to tell you, it's going to be something inside you that's going to know that it clicks, that it fits, right? You have to understand, your rib has been removed. And when your rib comes back, it should fit your rib cage. And if you don't know what type of cage you have, what type of bandwidth you have, the type of capacity you have, you won't know if she's large enough as a rib to connect to your cage to help you turn the next page in your next phase of your life. Hope that. Two more and I got to go. Great question, man. And thank you, you guys, for trusting me with that. Jezo says, how can we be wise like you, brother? I want to one day be able to guide my kids correctly when they have questions. No problem, my brother. Like, um, man, the wisdom comes from God, man. I remember when I was a child and I heard the story of Solomon. And I said, man, I want to be wise like Solomon, God. I just simply asked him. I said, God, I want to be wise like Solomon, but I want to be able to manage my wisdom better. I was a young guy, maybe 12 or something like that, 12 or 13. And then I just, I just have a supernatural gift of wisdom, bro. And I believe it came from God because I asked him. Uh, but my wisdom increases as I get into the to the pages of God's word, as I begin to see God how he wants to be seen, bro, and, and make God number one and put God in the center, man, and really grow in love with him, man. It's really that simple, man. It's difficult. It's simple in explanation, but it can be difficult difficult in application, right? So I don't want to gloss over the application piece, but I put put years in. But when it comes to wisdom, God says, "If you lack wisdom, ask of me. He don't withhold no wisdom." If there's two things that God will automatically answer, ninety-nine, because there's always, there's ninety-nine point nine percent chance of God answering these two prayers that quick. Asking him for wisdom in something, and desiring to be in His will. If you want to know your will, God will show you that thing because he wants you in his will and if you want wisdom for situation boom he'll give you wisdom for situation now how does God reveal wisdom he reveals wisdom in multiple different ways he can audibly do it visually do it he can do it through a a, a billboard he can do it through an, a stranger he can see if he has to send an angel your way so my wisdom comes from I understand I know nothing I, just ask, I ask a lot of questions too I'm very inquisitive uh, you know what I'm saying and And I learn from my experiences too, bro. So that's what keeps me, man, you know, in that river, man. But, you know, some people do have a gift of wisdom, though. Um, But, hey, man, God says, man, if you like wisdom anything, he'll give it to you. I'm humbled by that, man, that you you admire that aspect of myself, man. God gave me that wisdom years ago. Uh, Ivan says, last relationship was two years ago, coach. At times I still think of my ex and it gets me angry how it ended. Okay. Last relationship was 2 years ago, coach. At times I still think of my ex gets me angry how it ended. Is it a soul tie still or just can't let it go? It's definitely a soul tie. It's definitely a soul tie. Um there's there's the soul is so complex. It's unfortunate how many preachers don't preach it. In, in a way or teach it in a way they they may preach but they don't teach it like the soul is a very delicate thing man I liken it to a sponge that it will soak it, it will soak whatever it has been placed in right and if you allow your soul to be placed in a relationship it will soak from it certain memories experiences feelings right? And then with that is protected by um, triggers or oh, they're like certain triggers. You know how certain people they have minds as you try to go and find or whatever, and those are certain triggers. It triggers off a bomb or it triggers off an alarm, it triggers, right? Because that's the protective measure or the triggers. The triggers are removed when you allow your mind to be transformed. When your mind begins to be transformed and begin to see your ex how God sees her or him, or begin to see them the way uh, 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 life uh, a good perspective is that this uh, no matter what has negatively happened in my life, God could turn around for my good. Number one, but number two, I win and I learn. The issue is that we allow our feelings to cause burn versus the te- the less. Uh, uh, providing learn like what can I learn from we burn from it versus learn from it when you burn from it and all of a sudden you allow your feelings to dominate but when you learn from you allow your facts to illuminate you allow the facts to be evident you'll be like you know what that relationship had to end so what I will tell you is this write down 10 reasons why that relationship had to end right because sometimes we get so caught up in the feelings that we don't feel we don't really investigate the facts that before, now you gotta investigate the facts all the way through. You gotta investigate the facts before the relationship. Was it factually true that you wasn't ready for the relationship? Was it factually true that the Holy Spirit warned you about the relationship? Was it factually true that you were immature before the relationship? And was it factually true that you saw red flags for the relationship? You gotta see the facts before the relationship. Was your heart ready? Was you content with your singleness? Were you just young and dumb, all right? Respectfully. So you got to look at the facts before the thing, and then the facts why you was in the thing, and then find the facts of why that thing had to end. So write the pre-relationship facts, then write the in-relationship facts, and then write the post-relationship facts. And as you write those different facts, it gives clarity to neutralize the effects of those feelings so that you won't become angry. Because the more you become angry, the Bible says you end up sinning. The Bible says be angry But sin not. So it's okay to be upset because you're still healing. But the reason why people don't really truly receive their healing is because they never allow their souls to heal. So what you got to do is you got to say, hey, be honest with your hurt. Yes, you hurt. But what can you learn from the hurt? Because if you don't learn from the hurt, you're going to end up in the dirt prematurely or just in, in in a dirty situation. So why is it getting you angry? Are you angry with yourself? Did you feel like you messed it up? Did you feel like you ruined it? And sometimes the reason why we can't get over with somebody because we don't have grace to our own selves. You got to be gracious to you and say, hey, we make mistakes. We win and we learn. I don't care about who I hurt in my past. Don't, I, don't, I don't care. God unforgave me. I don't care if they didn't forgive me. I'm not saying I hurt people. Probably have. We all have hurt somebody. But I'm not going to allow beat myself up because I hurt some girl or I hurt a friend or I hurt somebody. No, I don't got time to worry about the hurt. Hey, man, my bad. I'll pause and move on. Soul ties. Let's get deep into it. And I have a book on soul ties I think it would be beneficial to you, my brother. It says, the, it's the purpose of freedom. How to untie soul ties and uproot strongholds. It's a great book that I think would benefit anyone struggling with soul ties and whatnot. But you have to understand what's in your soul. Your soul is multifaceted, man. Your soul houses your thoughts. Your soul houses your memories. Your soul houses your emotions. Your, ho- your soul holds your ideas. It holds your memories. It holds your intentions. It holds your perspectives. All those areas have to be renewed. So now you got to say, Okay, what are my thoughts towards my ex? If your thoughts towards your ex are vexing you, Then you got to say, okay, I got to change the way I think. You got to shift your perspective to guard your mind better than to allow these triggers to trigger thoughts and make you consider if you ought or ought not, right? So you got to have your thoughts renewed. You got to have your memories renewed. The greatest weapon, the greatest minds in our mind as causing explosions are our memories. Because the enemy knows if if I can get you to move into something that's not meant for you, then I can cause moments. Moments that are going to impact you your whole life. Significant moments leads to significant memories. Significant memories lead to significant momentum. Significant momentum leads into significant movements again. So he knows if I can get you in a significant moment in a relationship and get your heart bruised, your heart broken, your heart hurt, Then you'll never get over that if you don't shift your perspective towards that. And then it will build momentum in the form of anger. Now you have this momentum. I want her back. Or now the momentum leads you to try to be successful at something just to prove to her that you can be successful without her. Then find yourself upset in the process. So he knows memories have an effect, but my memory should be a place of reference and a place of residence. My memories have to be a place of for me to learn from, not burn from. Right. You also got to renew your emotions and say, why am I feeling this like this? When you have a flooding of feelings is because that person uh, you use to try to fill the void in your heart that only God can fill. So you feel deeply towards them because they don't have enough depth in them to fill that cavity in your soul that only God can fill. So now you got to ask yourself, okay, uh, uh, am I full of God? Am I endeavoring to fill myself up with purpose so I can get back to fulfilling right, my purpose? So you got to ask yourself those questions. What were the facts before the relationship? What were the facts in relationship? What were the facts post-relationship? What were the facts? Because facts leads to acts knowing the facts leads to better acts, better actions, right? Better activity. And then you gotta find ways to neutralize that feeling. The only way those feelings will begin to subside is if you allow your mind to be renewed on the inside. Hope they help. Reaching high says, Can sin keep someone from being blessed with the wine? You best believe it. Sin will cause you not to win in anything, even in relationships. Keep sinning, man. You won't you won't find yourself keep winning. As simple as that, sin will keep you from the one. And a lot of people, <clears throat> it's their sin that's keeping them single. Sin, single is spelled with sin first. Some people are single because of their sins. The man that you want don't want to be with you. The woman that you want don't want to be with you if you're in sin. You think my wife wants to be with me if I was watching porn all the time? You think my wife going to want to be with me if I was doing some dumb stuff? No. No. So in order for me to win I had to clean up the sin Not in me But the transforming of my mind Knowing that I'm righteous before God And that humbles me And should be inspiring to me To want to live righteously In my life Because I have true revelation Of God's goodness towards me That draws me to repentance In other words From me turning, Causing me to turn away from my sin Because I felt something better Right So yeah sin for a lot of people it's the reason why they're single. One more thing I got to go. go, I'm gonna go to the 60-minute mark. Chantel says, How do you make sure that it was God that you that you heard from and that it wasn't your own feelings? Well, you gotta fact check. You gotta fact check your feelings. Why am I feeling this? Where did this feeling come from? Also, you measure a message by the mood. You measure the message by the mood. God will never come to you pressuring. God will never pressure you to do anything. Everything he says has an a unreal, supernatural peace that comes with it. There's a peace that comes when God speaks. It's a settling. Even in an unsettling situation, there's something about it that's uniquely peaceful. That makes you want to just... I can't understand. The Bible says... Um, Be anxious for nothing. Hear me on this. Our feelings flood due to some level of anxiousness. Anxiousness stems from some level of mental activity that's causing us to be distracted from God's faithfulness. The Bible says be anxious for nothing, but with with prayer and supplication. With what? Thanksgiving. The issue is most of our prayers are just prayers and supplications. They're not with Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving puts you in perspective with your prayers. Thanksgiving puts you in perspective in your feelings. Even if you're single, even if you got feelings, whatever, uh, Thanksgiving puts things in perspective. It helps you couple with what you want from God with how good God is. And when you begin to see how good God is, it makes you look at what you're asking for in a better light. And then you'll begin to see your heart to see if it's wrong or right. And then you'll be able to say, hey, I know what I need to do in spite of. right? So that's what that does. With thanksgiving, make your request known to God. And then the peace. The peace of God is like a confirmation letter from an order that you placed. Mm. So when I place an order on Amazon I get a confirmation number putting me at peace knowing that my package is on on its way to my place right So the the peace is the confirmation that you that God heard but the difference between the uh, uh, the Almighty and Amazon is that the Almighty delivers when he sees fit that you are ready for it to be delivered. Amazon, if you got Amazon Prime, could be in the same day or in two days or in four days, right? Based upon if you're a Prime member. But God is different than Amazon. God says, just trust and know that my peace is coming. And the tracking is not on the package. The tracking is on you. God is saying, hey, I don't want you looking to see if the package is being tracking towards you. You want to make sure that you're on track. He says, trust that I will deliver you to your delivery. Oh, my goodness. He said, I will deliver you. Don't worry about what you want to be delivered. You got to ask yourself, have you been delivered? So the tracking is not on the package. The tracking is on you. So now, all of a sudden, peace puts things in perspective, and the Bible says it will keep your heart and mind. What, is, what does that mean? It will keep your heart and mind from being troubled because you are tracking in the right direction. So why? So what they're saying is, God's, that verse says, I can't promise you. That you will have what you've prayed for in a matter of minutes, days, or weeks. But what I can promise you, that I will give you my peace, my confirmation number, my confirmation letting you know that I'm initiating transformation that will bring you to your delivery. But God is not going to bring you to your delivery without you first being delivered. So have you been delivered first? Because your deliverance must become first before your delivery comes to you. Hope that helps. Got to go, y'all. I bet the one-minute mark. I pray that was a blessing to you. I got a super chat here. Let me see what my brother's saying. Thank you for your super chat, my brother. Andrew, thank you for your super chat, man. I appreciate you. I think we got somebody else that gave a super chat. Thank y'all so much for y'all. Jazz, my brother, thank you for your super chat. Thank y'all so much for being so generous to me, man. You guys give, man. And I appreciate however you give. I don't care if it's a dollar. I don't care if it's two dollars. Some people, Somebody gave me two dollars. In my cash the other day. And I looked at the thing. I said, Lord, bless that person. For a person to give $2. I, man, come on, man. Come on, man. You know what I'm saying? And, and so, thank y'all so much for being a great resource. Partnering with my source who is God. And giving. And if you feel led to give. you feel like it's been a blessing to you. And you want to support what I do. In regards to uh, creating new product. As well as um, helping our mentoring program. Uh, on how we so help these students develop their brand, develop their God-given ideas so that entrepreneurship can be their track when they get out of college I mean, get out of high school. Not everybody who exits high school exits exits into higher education. We want to help our students exit three ways. My goal is helping students exit either through entrepreneurship, higher education, or some level of expertise. Whether it's hair, nail and tech, or or welding or something, whatever. And your, and your help help us to do that. So if you want to give to us that, you can on my website, iamunplug.com. Also check out my latest book, Facts Over Feelings, How to Go From Facts to Fulfilling. This book right here is a great book for you to be able to, the scriptures in there about all the top 20 or so emotions that people face. Um, we also got uh, a place for you to vent and process uh, vent and to process your feelings and to also find the facts behind your feelings, right? And, of course, I have articles to help you uh, process your uh, feelings, as well as I also have pros and cons uh, worksheets for you to be able to uh, determine the pros and cons of a person, opportunity, relationship, and also the red flags you may have noticed, etc. It's a great book, great resource to help you process your feelings so that you can find the facts so that you can get back to fulfilling your purpose. Also, check out my uh, wholeness journals, a great book to help you process your wholeness to see if you're ready to hold the important things of life well. We also got a card game that you can get with that. I got to start promoting my card games better because, man, the genius that God has given me is more in my card games than in my books, man. So go to my website and check out all four of my card games. Uh, we have a card game called Dating Prep. Um, it's, it's a fun game to play with your significant other or someone that you're courting or dating and to see if you all on the same page. also got a game called Memory Muscle. Um, it's a fun game to memorize scripture. also got a game called Hole. It's a fun game. Whoever spelled Hole wins. And I got a game called Facts Over Feels. It's a matching game. Remember those matching games where you had to find the two pigs or find the two horses? They have to find the same feelings. So you got to find a love factivity card and a love Uh, uh, um, filling card. And if you find the same love in love, you do an activity and you have a great discussion. It's a fun game on that as well. If you're struggling with your singles, you want to learn the purpose of it and how to maximize it, here's a great book for that. If you want the book version of the card game called Dating Prep to learn how to date God and date yourself become dated boy, here's a great book there. It has questions in it that will either help you in the wrong relationship or extend the right relationship. If you need a a book of support to help you with uh, soul ties and strongholds, the purpose for Freedom is a great book. If you want to know more about how to discern the difference between a counterfeit and a counterpart, this book right here, man, is one of my favorite books that I've written. We also have a children's book for kids, I think fourth grade and up. Uh, Well, fourth grade to about eighth grade. I'm, I'm making a high school version of this. But high school kids can benefit from this as well. Middle school, elementary kids, definitely. High school kids, I don't know if it's too cheesy for them. But it's a great journal for them to be able to process their art form. Great book there. If you struggle with uh, spiritual warfare or you want to learn how to put on the whole armor of God, this book, World War Me, is a great book as well. If you want T-shirts, birch, and all that good stuff, it's all on my website, IamUnplugged.com. If you need one-on-one coach, you want to talk to me, I know a lot of you all have been messy. And please forgive me on that. It's been a busy couple of weeks. Uh, a lot of great things have been happening, and so I'm gonna get back to coaching soon. And so, if anyone, let me know what your budget is. And uh, also, if you have messaged me about your coaching, check your spam, folks. Some people saying my responses are going to their spam, so check that out there. So, uh, let's see what we got at the bottom. Uh, how Dominic says how to book coaching. Have we already emailed over three weeks. Dominic, I think I saw your email. Email me again because I get a ton of emails, a ton of emails. Right. Thank you, Ivan. I'm gonna take my wife out, man. I appreciate you, man. We're gonna get us a. We don't really do steak, but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do some Italian, you know. We're gonna do some. We're gonna we're gonna take. Thank you, brother. That's love, man. And if, however y'all support, some of y'all just y'all some of y'all send me in a cash app. Hey, coach, get you something nice with this, or coach, do this with this, And I appreciate that, man. Y'all really keep me fed. <laughs> I'm joking. My wife feeds me well, but I'm talking about y'all keep me us fed because we go out. Some of y'all y'all give us money to go out and stuff like that. And so we appreciate however you give to support the students or just to support um, book development or you want to just we just want to give something nice. I appreciate that, bro. But uh, Dominique, I think I saw your message. Send me a message again and put Dominique in the um, Dominique in the subject tab. What's my cash app? My cash app is uh, Joshua uh, uh Let me see. Uh, here we go. I'll put I'll put that in the. In the box right now thank y'all for y'all support man I appreciate it so here's how all the ways you can give and support uh, my cash app is Joshua Ezzi. you can give on my website uh, I am Uh and thanks bro we're gonna we gonna eat some good man I appreciate that um, I think Facebook he said it, it uh, wait a moment then try it again it says Facebook didn't go through but uh, my cash app is Ezzy. you know I feel weird about doing that but she asked you know but but you know thank you thank you for that Um, But Dominique, let me know Put Dominique in the subject tab Alright Put Dominique in the the subject tab And you'll hear from me soon Okay And stay on me until you hear me Because man, life is full for you boy (laughs) But I want to serve you Thank you for reaching out and trusting uh, me to be your coach Let me see if anybody else say anything Please read mine coach Man, you said please Danny what? Uh Danny, where are you at? Did I already answer your question, Danny? Hey, coach. I've been dealing with, with sexual sin porn despite knowing better. I'm worried that I've been in a cycle of making a practice of sin, and I appreciate the option of accountability. Um, okay, this is what I will help you with right here. Don't beat yourself up. The goal is is progression, not perfection. If you focus on perfection, you're going to plummet. You got to focus on progression. When it comes to porn or any type of sexual or any type of sin, you got to literally take your life moment by moment. Sometimes we get so caught up in the moment that we want to be in versus the moment we're currently in, right? So even though you know better, and and so let me tell you let me just from yours from your question, let me tell you, you know what I let me let you know what I can see. When you know better and you desire to do better, those are great evidences of salvation. It means that you're uncomfortable with your sin There's something on the inside of you The Holy Spirit Someone on the inside of you That's making you His presence alone It's making you uncomfortable with the sin Now you must be able to With His help develop the systems And the foresight Of why that sin is dangerous And how to overcome that sin Don't worry Because practicing sin is different It's about the posture. If someone is doing sin But want to stop doing it That's not practicing it That's that's progressing out of it That's the process of getting out of it Some people are <clears throat> Some people are removed out of sin Cut cold turkey And it's like a deliverance right? Some people depending on See the thing is The reason why there's possibly an addiction to the porn Or addiction to some type of sin Is because you haven't looked deep within To see the root of the sin we oftentimes try to treat the fruit of the sin, but not the root of the sin. If you only treat the fruit of the sin, the fruit is going to grow back. Right now, we just got out of a winter. We got out of winter, whatnot, right? All the trees are bare. In the next couple of weeks or so, those trees are going to start sprouting again because the roots are rooted, right? So every now and then, if I don't treat the roots, then I won't have different fruit, so the question is, what how was you introduced to porn? Are you using porn as a relief? Are you using porn when you were in anxiety? Are you using porn as your supplement of medicine to get you out of temporary feelings of meddling and things that you shouldn't be settled in? Right? And whatever that is, the void or the God or the or the wound has to be given over to God for God to then bring deliverance through his spirit. To change your perspective of what your dad may have done, your mom may have done, an uncle or aunt or a friend or ex have done that has opened the door for you to enter into pornography as a way of stress relief or as a of whatever. And also, uh, investing more time into your purpose. Idle time is the devil's playground. Idle time leads to an idle mind. Idle mind leads to idle hands and idle hands will then be used for idle worship. So now you got to begin to look at the root if you want to change the fruit. Right? So you know better, but you're learning how to do better. And you have to be kind and gracious to yourself. And now you also got to see the sin for what it really is and how it will damage your future relationships, how it will psychologically mess you up and give you unrealistic sexual expectations. See what I'm saying? So I hope all that helped, family. So, what's the root? The root will change the fruit. Also, examine um, the sin for what it really is and see, hey man, I can't win with this sin. See yourself in the righteousness of Jesus, knowing that the Father still loves you. The Father knows you, in that, and that he's helping you to progress out of it. And don't beat yourself up. Hope to help. Gotta go, y'all. Idle time for real? She said, for uh, Dammy, Dammy says, for real, I've been using it as a false comfort. That's how it was for me. Porn and honey buns. Was how I got through a lot of things. And that wasn't the right way to get through things. Because it got me into deeper things. But then when I began to find Christ as my comfort. And because what got me messed up was. My ministry became my idol. Success became my idol. And when those idols became rivals. Then I found myself in the midst of sexual sin. As well as eating a lot. Right? Now on the deliverance I need. Is for the Holy Spirit to deliver me from bougie snacks. I don't I don't really eat sweets like I eat sweets like three servings a week. But man, I love me a good cake from Whole Foods. And so for me right now, what is what is one thing that God is working me, is progressing me out of? I know God is still working on my competitiveness. God is still working on that. That's why, you know, God's still working on, on me. Uh what else? I mean there's probably some other things, but that's the main thing: competitiveness. And doing things and, and organization. Like I'm organized. Oh, balance is what I'm saying. Not organization. Balance. Like, I'm getting into a new place of balance. I'm learning how to uh, balance a lot of things, man. Like marriage, ministry, work, balance. So, yeah. We're all progressing, man. But you got to deal with the root. The root for me was... I was idolizing success and idolizing stuff And then when that stuff disappointed me I found myself depressed And the next thing you know I was losing that stuff As to make me feel better To I used to make an excuse Like oh, I'm going to do this Because it helps ease stress It ain't nothing wrong with this. It's going to help me ease stress I was lying to myself To make an excuse for myself To do that Alright So Idle time for real Yeah Idle time is dangerous. You so welcome family Thank y'all Thank y'all Love y'all I got to go It's been an hour and 14 I know I haven't been I haven't done live in a while it's been seven days. I was like, bro, I ain't did alive live in seven days. That's unlike me. But that's how busy life gets. Uh, T. Sally, you use something. What is a great example of false balance? I don't think there's that's, a such thing as false balance. It could A false balance could be produced out of what is balancing you. If God is not balancing you, it, there's a false balance. So some people feel balanced because they have a lot of money. They feel balanced because they have a lot of money. Oh, I'm balanced because I have a lot of money. But what happens when the money falls? Then you unbalance, unbalanced, right? So if God is what's balancing you, then you'll always have the right balance, right? So, man, oh, man, look. Well, thank y'all. Thank you, Harry, for blessing. Thank y'all so much for y'all super chats. I appreciate y'all. And all those who's giving on a cash app. And, man, y'all are, thank y'all, man. It's very humbling. I got to go, y'all. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. I'll catch y'all tomorrow for sure because I'm off work. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Be safe out there, man. Stay in the will of God. Peace.